Had a great conversation with Stephen Mansfield recently. I want you to hear this because he speaks into some things, Brian, that are really deep within the heart of men. And uh, Stephen Mansfield wrote a book, and I looked for myself in the book. In fact, I told him this. He wrote a book called Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't find myself in it, Brian. I didn't see you in it either, but, you know. Manly men, though. Yeah, it was Paul the Apostle and, you know, guys like that. Guys who, have, you know. We can't kinda, compete with Paul. Yeah, kind of heavyweight guys. <laughs> we can't compete with that. Yeah, it's hard oh, to get. You know, that guy, it's kind of like that guy wrote the Bible. Yeah. So, so, at, <laughs> so what's your, as, as we listen to the interview, Paul, what's the big takeaway? You know, the takeaway for me was Stephen Mansfield. You know, he speaks into the lives of, of top world leaders. I, I talk to him. He and I are friends and we talk occasionally, you know, once or twice a month. And he'll have been to some country and spoken into the life of the president or whatever, that kind of deal. And and uh, the key thing for Stephen Mansfield is he, I believe he makes us larger as men, braver. Um, he speaks of being a great man. And uh, there's something about his spirit, Brian, that's just, that pulls us up. Let me put it that way. You know how some people just kind of sure. make you want to be a better man, better person? And that's Stephen. I think this interview is uh, pretty remarkable. Well, we, we uh, have a lot of great interviews coming up on the Brave Men podcast. And uh, the best way for you to know what's happening is to subscribe to the podcast on any of the platforms. It really means a lot to us and uh, it gives us great analytics and reporting, as Paul has said in other podcasts. So whether you're on Apple or Google or Spotify or any other major platform, just uh, click that subscribe button and listen to it. And uh, we are always... Uh, Great to have you as listeners on, on the podcast. Yeah, I think today on uh, Brave Men, you'll hear something that's going to absolutely uh, pivot some things in your life. And yeah, you know, that whole subscription thing is really important because it changes the algorithms the way they put us in front of people. Uh, there's just no way to get around that. You're going to enjoy Stephen Mansfield today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm with uh, Stephen Mansfield. Stephen, great to see you and uh, great to be with you. Good to be with you, my friend. Thank you. You've written uh, uh, so many books and you've got a blog and you've got webcasts and things on the state of men. In fact, I'm looking at uh, your book, uh, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. And I was trying to look for myself. I thought it was in chapter five or six. I, I couldn't remember. And so. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but so you're an, not only an observer, you're a participant in men becoming biblically masculine. But man, we're in trouble right now. We're in the middle of this coronavirus and it feels like stuff's blowing up in men's lives. The pressure is magnifying the stuff that was there. Give me your take. Where are we at? What's going on this, you know, right now in the middle of this thing? Well, obviously in a national crisis, international crisis like this, we need men to be all they're made to be and be, you know, fully, fully committed to the, to the vision of noble manhood. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of guys, you know, it's a time of crisis for them in their homes. You know, this, this what, what this crisis does is it compresses our lives. It pushes us up against our decisions. It pushes us up against our relationships. 
Um, and so it compresses our lives. And so I, 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 I got to tell you, when it comes to the national level, it makes me wish that we had some men that we had trained and discipled on the national scene. The guys in D.C. are a lot about covering their backsides. They're a lot about, you know, yeah. getting, getting in little pissy contests with each other. Yep. And they're not, they're, not, they're not leading well. And that's, that's left and right. I'm not being partisan in saying that. Right. So it make, makes me hunger for the kind of men that you and I know men can be. But I'll tell you what, having been through some pretty tough times myself in my life, and I know you have been too, uh, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to get to the other side. The, the person you're going to be when you come out of the cave is going to be determined by what you brought into the crisis and the disciplines you maintain while you're in the crisis. And so that's the real key that men need to know. You know, that's an interesting uh, uh, picture. You're, you're talking about coming out of the cave. It's, if you will, it's a David in the cave of Adullam. Exactly. But but the interesting thing is what he carried in was he was pretty messed up. He was real jacked up. And yet at the same time, he had this depth of preparation from the time he was a, a boy. And and so if if you will, where we're at right now, we it's time to build some depth because we've got coming out of the cave. There's gonna be a lot of stuff coming out of caves. Yes. Right? Yes. And we need to be ready for that. Well, the cave didn't transform David. It mm. put him in a, in a press that caused the best of what was within him to emerge. And that's, that's the real key. Uh, I, I don't want to be, I'm not being negative by saying, hey, if you weren't ready for this, you're screwed. That is not my attitude. Mm -hmm. But I will say that what happens in a, in a situation like this where we're in the cave and under the gun uh, is that the good things seeded into us, the good things that we've allowed to thrive on our, in, in our souls, uh, they emerge. So the cave's not going to transform you. The cave is going to press you so wow. that the best, best that's within you emerges. Wow. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, okay, so then here I am. I'm in the cave. Let me just, just stay with that. I'm under the gun. I'm under the pressure. So as, as a guy who didn't really necessarily get prepared, I'm going to have to fight for who I am right now. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's Joel 3.9. It's time for war, right? Yes, yes. What does a man do? What do we do, Stephen? Well, the first thing a man's got to do is be sure to not be knocked off balance. I, mm -hmm. I teach men to, to direct their lives, lead their lives from the control room. Now, for you and me as Christians, that means prayer and Bible study and reflecting our, on our lives before God. But I talk about the control room. Every man's got to make sure he's in the control room during this time. I don't care if you got a dozen kids running around the house. I don't care if you're homeschooling the neighbor's kids. I don't care if you're having to grow wheat in the backyard. Whatever it is, you've got to maintain the control room. You've got to lead your life from a place of reflection and prayer and, and a calm decision making. So make sure you have that time, whatever it is, late at night on your back porch with a glass of something or first thing in the morning, you know, on your face before God, whatever it is right. for you, make sure you're leading from that, that perspective. Uh, the and, second, go yeah, ahead. So the first thing is, you know, essentially as I'm, I need to grab my Bible. Yeah. I mean, I need to get some stuff in me that's got some depth and strength and it's not going to happen in the 24 seven news cycle. No, that's absolutely right. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm telling people, give time for their soul to heal, have to do, use Sundays wow. as the Sabbath, use uh, wow. maybe only maybe only watch news every other day. Uh, you know, you cannot do 24 seven Fox, CNN, MSNBC and expect to be in good shape during this thing. You've got to feed your soul on, on the word of God. You've got to feed your soul on some noble wow. examples. Uh, I just finished reading a book about Teddy Roosevelt. Got me fired up. He's my man. Which, which, one, which one did you read? 
the one about his uh, voyage down the Amazon. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. By Cand Candace Millard. Yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. So good. So I, I, I do that all the time, but especially in crisis, I just make sure that my casual reading time, you know, late at night, whatever, on the back porch balcony in my case, uh, that I'm reading something that inspires me. Churchill, Lincoln, uh, you know, Roosevelt, uh, Noble oh, let me just Let me just jump in right there. Sure. Your book on the faith of Abraham Lincoln is fantastic. Thank you. Your Thank Churchill you. books, you've done a couple, right? Uh, just one. It just got published twice and under two different oh, titles. Okay. <laughs> so I'm cheating. Well, you know, okay, good. I feel better because I read one of them and I went, wait a minute. I looked on your bio and it goes, well, there's a second. Oh, no, no. You, you got to buy the other one too because you don't have both. Yeah, I have. <laughs> got to read both. Yeah. And I'm paying retail too. So there you go, baby. Uh, but the faith of Abraham Lincoln was fantastic. And I had just read Chernoff's uh, piece on uh, Grant. Yeah. It's an amazing book. tome on that. And, uh, then to read uh, your whole piece on Lincoln uh, was in, was remarkable. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely remarkable. And so I want to just suggest everybody right now get that. And and where's the best place to get that? Uh, Amazon's going to give you the best price. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com. Just yes. look up Stephen Mansfield. There will be a bunch of books that come up. Uh, Stephen with a Ph. Uh, and it's M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D, Stephen Mansfield, and uh, grab the book on Lincoln. If you, if you can get it on digital so you get it quick, start reading it. That's the stuff that builds our heart. Now, number two, you were going to number two. Well, that's, I mean, we, let's use that as number two. You know, feed on noble things, cut off the news uh, a little bit. You're hearing the same things over and over. I know it's bad news. I'm not suggesting we hide from the reality. I believe that men, real men, true men, face the facts. Uh, but the fact is that you've got to feed your soul on nobler stuff. Now, the second thing is uh, you, 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 you've got to be the culture keeper in your home. This is mm. extremely important. Uh, even, if you live, even if you live alone, uh, you've got to, in a sense, lead your own soul. So people are going to be nervous. People are going to be hectic. Wives are going to be, you know, frantically trying to make sure they're keeping everybody happy with meals and what have you. You've got to be the culture keeper in your home. Tell stories. Recount the good news. Um, do, do devotions. Uh, you know, and I, because of my lifestyle, I live in two buildings that are basically towers in two different cities. And uh, in, our, in our towers, we're going to get together on the roof on Easter, and I'm going to tell the Easter story, and we're going to have the Lord's Supper with people in our building. Uh, these are the kind of things that you can do. But I'm mainly talking about your home. Uh, even if you're just locked in your house with your wife, tell the good news. Tell the good stories. Uh, set, time, set aside time for romance. Last night, Bev and I, you know, she cooked an amazing meal. We turned off the television. We played some quiet music. Yeah. We had a quiet meal. We talked about, uh, you know, we're, we, we are not afraid of bad news. We'll, we'll talk about the, the tough things. But we just said, let this one be about the grandchild and uh, the good things that are going to happen and where we're going to travel later this year, the good things that God's doing, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we recounted poetry and had fun. Yeah, it's filled. Uh, you got her to be the culture keeper in your home. Yes, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, otherwise uh, the darkness, a depression sort of sets in. You know, as, as a guy who studies history, I can tell you that, that I've done a lot of reading about World War II, the Great Depression, how people lived at a personal and practical mm -hmm. daily level. And for many, many people, when they got to the ends of their lives, I'm talking about people who went through the Depression as teenagers, and then, you know, when they were 80, 90, they finally passed away. Before they passed away, they said, you know, throughout all of my life, the best moments I had with other human beings in a home was during that hard time. Mm. 
Wow. It's, and it was because in their particular case, yeah. you know, and I remember, I remember the way one person spoke, Papa whipped out his violin at the end of the day and we all played and sang and we told stories and we had little family contests and we had a little jar where we're going to put our pennies in and then go buy candy just on Saturday mornings. And those little things that seem so yeah. small to us, because here we are with our Netflix and our, our high tech homes and all this, um, it, they were the sweetest moments of those people's lives. Now they had a lot more money later. They had, you know, more freedom later. But the fact is that the way somebody affected the culture of their home literally marked their life forever. And that's, wow. that's what we all have. That's what a man does. Yeah. So negative or positive right now, we are marking not only our lives, but those around us and those yes. that we have influence in because you know, uh, Plato said uh, most men live uh, unexamined lives. Yes. I, I think in this culture, we live overexamined lives. The issue now is we live uninitiated lives. That's correct. We haven't That's been exactly initiated right. into manhood. And so uh, this is a time to fill your soul and begin to do the process, do the stuff we know we should do, right? Most of us know the right stuff we need to do. We just haven't taken time for it. No, that's absolutely right. But just Now's consider the time for, to fight for that. Fight for your no, heart. There's no question. There's no question. And it's what it's in, is in your heart and how that's shaping the culture of your home that makes a difference. Just for a moment, imagine that a guy's got a 10-year-old boy uh, in his house mm -hmm. while he's going through this. That young man is going to remember this for the rest of his life. It will shape his manhood. It will shape his sense of his calling as a man. He will recount this to his children, your grandchildren. Uh -huh. uh, this is essential. Every, everybody's that way. Just the 10-year-old boys are more impressionable. So that's really yeah. critical. Then I think the final thing I would say is be, be aware. You know, One of the things we're told to do uh, in Scripture is to think from the finish line, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Look at things in reverse. And so the day is going to come when you're going to step out of the cave. The day is going to come when, new, when normal life, quote unquote, uh, resumes to some degree. Make plans. What are you going to be at that point? What are you going to put in place? We've learned some lessons from this crisis. There were some things I imagine we wish we'd had in our houses or additional income streams or, or di different relationships or a pantry down in the basement or whatever it was, not just practical things, but, but matters of our entire homes. And we've, we've all suffered some financial hit. So what, what is it that we can, what is it you, what plans can you put in place on, on, the, on the back end? We'll be right back with more of Paul's interview with Stephen Mansfield. Just a reminder uh, to uh, check out all of our great resources at cmn.men. It's so easy to remember, cmn.men. And uh, we've got links to uh, a lot of the great resources available for you uh, from uh, Paul's father, Ed Cole, to, uh, to Paul's books, to study guides and some streaming resources you can watch. We also love to hear from you here at the podcast. Uh, drop us an email, paul at cmn.men paul at cmn.men and uh, paul reads every email that comes in and we're always anxious to get uh, your feedback and if you have any ideas or things you'd like to see here at the brave men podcast please let us know let's get back to paul's interview with stephen mansfield so you look at it here's where i want to be and what do i need to do now and yes. be there then uh, and, and, and i don't want to go dark but i will tell you one quick thing paul you know, uh, Churchill said, when the tones of life ring false, refer to the tuning fork of death. And I'm going to tell you something that I do that's going to sound dark. I don't mean it to be dark. A lot of death is happening in the world. We get daily reports of death counts, and we can all debate later whether they're accurate or what have you. I don't care right now. My main point is 
I'm surrounded by reports of death. And scripture says in Ecclesiastes, death is the destiny of all men and the living should take this to heart. I believe it's Ecclesiastes 7. And uh, there's a good process for a man to go through to consider you know, we sometimes say it humorously, live it every day as though it were your last because one day you're sure to be right. Uh, the, the point being, uh, let's, pon let's ponder our deaths. Let's look at our lives from the edge of the grave. Let's take this moment when death is surrounding us and not get depressed and go into a dark hole, but just say, what do I want to have accomplished? What do I want to have said? How, what kind of impact and legacy do I want to have led, uh, left when I, when I pass away? Because we're all having to ponder our deaths right now. In fact, that's going to be my Easter message on the roof of our building here in Nashville. So all of that to say, uh, it's important, I think, for a man to look at his life, to determine to live a more meaningful life in the days ahead. And one of the ways to do that, according to Scripture, Churchill, uh, and all the great men of history, is that we ponder our deaths and think about our lives in that light. According to Scripture and Churchill. That's right, baby. You know, the, the great men used to, famous men used to sign off their letters, memento mori remember death. So if I write you a letter, Paul, I sign it off. Memento mori, Stephen Mansfield. Well, wow. why would I ask you to remember death? Because I wanted to depress you and curse your day? No, because I, we, they, they believed in that generation that men live greater lives for having contemplated their deaths and what they would want to have said or what they would want their lives to have left. And so it, know, was a way of, it was a way of inspiring you. Yeah, I've, I've often thought about that. I've, I've walked through the, as you have, I love history and I've walked through the old uh, cemeteries and seeing what people wrote and you know particularly in days past they would write a little bit about themselves or a little comment would be left and and it would just kind of catch you and go man that guy lived from this time to this time he's been gone 120 years but he left this little note and the one that I love uh, the most actually I think is Ruth Graham Bell and uh, Billy Graham's wife excuse me uh, and, and so when she, Ruth Bell Graham, so when she did her epitaph, when she wrote it and she wanted her family, this is what you're going to put on my gravestone. And they talked to her about it, but she says, this is what I want. It says, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> this is my favorite because that's really what, in, I mean, think about this. Billy Graham's wife, she could have said all kinds of things. Yes. But what she consistently thought of was, my life is under construction. So what I do each day, and I'm not saying you can't have a day where you just chill. I mean, most psychologists would tell you, the Bible calls it Sabbath. Yes. Psychologists will tell us, you know, you've got to have some dial back time. And I would say for most of us, uh, we get easily distracted by headlines. Yes. How do we deal with that stuff? Because this it, it's pervasive. It's, it's there. I'm trying to make sure I know what's going on. And yet, bam, here's this stuff, Stephen. Well, I think you have to develop systems of delivery of information that are mm -hmm. not sensational, give you the facts. Uh, I use certain apps uh, and, and that are called aggregators. And so news comes in, I can set the categories, I can say more of this, less of that. And so I get the facts without being sensationalized. Yes. So um, I know I do a lot of reading of news, but most of it uh, is direct from news sources, it's direct feeds. 
Um, and so I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I can't believe the way people are talking on the major news networks. I can't believe even how some of the experts are talking, uh, you know, worse than the great depression, six million, 600 million people killed, all that kind of stuff's crazy. Uh, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play politics here. I'm just saying that kind of stuff will, will just rifle your soul. So yeah. what I do is I get up, I, I monitor news sources. I have certain alerts set. I've asked about the stuff all the time. I'll, I'll do another six interviews today in, in major media, and I need to know my stuff. But I don't get my news from the cable news networks primarily, and I don't get my news from sensationalized newspaper headlines. I'm getting yeah. it more straight. So I look at it. Okay, that's not great news. Hey, there's some good news. I'll remember that, that kind of thing. And then I'm done. But I'm not, I'm not subjecting my soul uh, to somebody's sensationalism. You've got the information, but you're not obsessed with the headlines. Yeah, I actually, as part of my job, I've got to know the information. In fact, right. I've got to know it accurately, up to date, and memorize it. Uh, but but then that can be real traumatic to my soul if what I'm memorizing is millions will die, run for the hills, you know, that kind mm. of thing, which is, which is not true, by the way. Uh, but I've seen headlines almost like that. So yeah. you, have to, you have to figure out a way to get calm news that's accurate, factual, and not allow uh, the news services to destroy your soul. Yeah, the man or that is- or, or, or rankle your peace, for that matter. You gotta maintain oh, your peace. So, so good. Now, uh, I, I was, I, I had an office in, in Washington, D.C. a number of years ago in my business. And I sat with a, a man, his name was Mark Siljander. He was a congressman out of Minnesota. And, and uh, one day we were talking, sitting at, at a lunch, and the man walked by, they chatted, their kids go to school together. But I turned to Mark and I said, that guy just actually hammered you uh, last week in the, in the news, you know, and he said, well, he's a member of the opposite party. And he said he had to do that because he's up for a political uh, appointment and in his party. And so he had to hammer me. He said, but we're friends. And I said, that doesn't make sense to me. He said, one thing you have to remember is everything in politics is political. <laughs> that's, right. I, that's right. I never forgot that, Steve. That's right. It's like, and so when I watch these things, we we have to have a spiritual discernment. Yes, no question about it. No question about it. Uh, you know, that's why I'm not, by the way, in politics. I consider myself a teacher. I advise a lot of congressmen and senators, right. uh, but but I don't I don't get in the middle of that because you know, I don't want to be in Congress and be running for office every two years. But you're absolutely right. Uh, you, you've got the you, wise man has a bit of a shield going in his life. You don't subject mm. yourself to everything happening wow. out there in the culture. You don't subject yourself to every emotional surge. Wow. Um, you stay, you stay calm. You know, I mean, the New Testament speaks of in Philippians the peace of God ruling. That word best really means refereeing. The peace of God refereeing over your heart. And so and I, I know it sounds real Zen right now, but I actually work to maintain my, my peace. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I look, I'm a Christian. God's got me. I'm as, as George Whitfield said, I am immortal until my work is done. Uh, I believe that I'm calm. I'm called the call to love this woman that I'm married to. I'm called to love my children. God will take care of me. I stay in that place. Now that's not just happy talk. That's what I genuinely believe and what my experience is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of hard, hard things are going on in the world, and I'm not going to be any good to help solve those things if I allow myself to be destroyed by what I hear, what I see, uh, the politics. Uh, and so I, I, I stay calm. And I, I, by the way, I'm in the midst of it. I happen to be in Nashville now, but as you know, I spend most of my year in D.C. right in the midst yeah. of all this. Yeah, right. You aren't, you aren't doing anybody good if you freak out. You're not doing anybody any good if you freak out. That's so true. And we're seeing a lot of 
we're seeing a lot of freaking out. No question. No question. Yeah. And by the way, all, you know, I, I need to say it. I don't mean to act like the old man, you know, wise old man here, but most of this was predicted. We all, we've all been told, and I've certainly told the people in my influence, you know, have some margin in your home, have some margin to have, have be able to get through a few months with your own money without having to have any income, etc. This stuff was coming. So if we got freaked out when this hit, uh, let's look at it and let's be ready for it next time because things yeah. like this are going to cycle back again. Yeah, they do. It's Y2K. It's 1998.com thing. It's a 2008 uh, correction in the economy or recession or whatever. Exactly. You want to exactly. It's 1979 gas lines. It's 1973 oil embargo. It's 1962 exactly. Vietnam War. It's 1964. Uh, the draft starts up again. All that. It's all that. And, and by the way, those are all big national things. Yeah. But think about how many local things they've been. You know, two weeks before coronavirus hit, we had a tornado in Nashville. Wow. I had family oh, members who's I had family members who had the roofs t- torn off their homes. We were in the middle of helping them get resettled when coronavirus hit. So there are always local versions of this thing. You just have to be ready. That's what a good man does. Yeah, we had a we had a tornado here. We had I didn't mention Katrina. I can go right down down the line. But you're right. Sure. A, a wise man. Set, gets himself ready, sets a foundation. Stephen, thank you for speaking into our lives in this quick hit and with such great wisdom. Every man needs a shield. And, yes. uh, and so Stephen Mansfield, M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D, what's your website? StephenMansfield.tv. Just add .tv to my name and you got it. And that's Stephen with a P-H, StephenMansfield.tv. And uh, that's easy to remember. That's portable. And uh, you can get all the info there. Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, whatever you use for books, download ebooks, all that stuff. You've got amazing number of books that will enlarge our soul, make us stronger and build resilience in our lives. Thank you, Stephen. God bless you, man. Thank you, buddy. Well, thanks, Paul, for that insightful time with Stephen. That was really great. You know, he's one of those men that I could talk to for a few hours. In fact, uh, the last he and I got on a call uh, a few weeks ago, just between the two of us, and I kept asking him questions, and finally said, "Hey, man, I got to go." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah," because he's, he, you know, one of the things he said uh, today was, uh, "There's something in every single one of us as men that we desire to solve problems," and one of the issues in this coronavirus lock-in thing we're in the middle of and maybe hopefully if you're listening to this a few years later it's all history and it all got solved but the fact is you know this go home and sit down thing and he talked about how that that you know men are not identified that way so it causes us to lose our identity and there's no battle to fight no victory to win i thought stephen was extremely insightful in that well i i know that uh, my wife told me to go in my corner here recently at the house and, and get you know give her some space <laughs> yeah so yeah so, well the, yeah, these these, these are time, tough, I think, you know, the whole quarantine thing man well i think any any of us as as fathers as husbands as men need need all you know let's take it all in let's take in all the advice yeah. we can yeah uh, none of us are experts i certainly am not and so uh, that's the reason why these interviews that you're bringing us here on the brave men podcast have been really great yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from guys when they write to us, paul at cmn.men, paul at cmn.men. You actually mentioned that uh, it, those do come to me personally, and they actually do. It's not just one of those things. 
And then of course, uh, we'll respond. I'll get one of the guys, Bruce or Chris or someone who will respond and uh, take care of any needs that you have. I had a guy right the other day from uh, Belgium and he needed some uh, products and materials. And so we were able to take care of him through our uh, friends in London. So uh, whatever it is, prayer requests, prayer requests, that's a good thing. So anyway, it was a great, great interview with Stephen Mansfield. Really enjoy Stephen and look forward to uh, spending time with him again. We'll have him back on Brave Men again, and we'll also have him at our global summits in Dallas. When those pick up again, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> when we can actually meet together. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today for the Brave Men podcast. Uh, as Paul mentioned, uh, drop us a note. Uh, Paul at cmn.men. It's only a dozen characters. So easy to remember. Paul at cmn.men. And we will uh, uh, take those and, and get you whatever you need. Uh, so drop us an email. And thank you for subscribing as well on all the major podcast platforms. For Paul Cole, I'm Brian Boyd. We'll see you next time on the Brave Men Podcast. You just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.